Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're talking about hope today, and uh, it's it's kind of a funny thing because maybe we don't know always what does hope look like. We like hope. We want hope. We don't want to lose it. We hope things will go according to plan, that events will match expectations, that we will achieve a desired outcome. And when, when these things fail to occur, we say, our hopes were dashed. And after a setback, if we have hope, we can seek another opportunity to make good things happen. We hope for a lot of things, don't we? We might hope for nice weather, for a quiet afternoon, smooth transitions, a team victory. And often in our lives, we find ourselves hoping for good news. We hope for things many of us have had a hard time defining too. Peace, justice, righteousness. So often our hope is in our children. My hope for my children is that they will be able to follow their own curiosities, to imagine a way to serve and grow and provide for themselves and their families, to make a positive difference in the world, to love and be loved. What more could I hope for? Their mother and I do what we can to set them up for success, that they would be able to have hope for their own futures. And the Apostle Paul writes that we hope for what we cannot see. We hope for what has not yet happened. We have hopes for the world, for our nation, for our neighborhoods. And without hope, nothing gets done. We might hope for our days to be easy, uneventful, fruitful or safe. The people of Judah were facing the opposite. Things were bad all around. After the Assyrians fell, the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem, taking people away from their homes into exile. And there was little hope to go around. Jeremiah was a prophet born under the reign of King Josiah. We heard about him last week. And Jeremiah mostly spoke out against the powerful and against the people who had done wrong, who had gone after their own selfish desires, worshipped other gods. But in a few places in this book, Jeremiah offers comfort in these difficult times. He speaks a word of hope to sustain people and to direct their attention back to God. The one who is powerful and able to do a new thing, something they can't see, something they don't even know how to describe. So he brings this word of comfort and promises there will be good things to come. But the people couldn't see it. How could they have believed in it? If they looked around, they saw injustice. They saw the conquerors that had destroyed the temple and the people that had gone after worthless things and became worthless themselves. Jeremiah chapter 2. The land itself had been defiled, polluted. And this language of the land, the land's unrighteousness, is throughout the book of Jeremiah. The land itself had become a ruin. How could it be restored? Maybe the people needed to go away for a while, that the land could heal. And if the promise relied on the people to make it come true, it would never get done. The faithful in Israel just needed 
they thought, just needed the right leader. They were waiting for this new king to come and set right what another king had done wrong. Josiah was a good king, right? He was one of the best, we remember. But he died. And the Babylonians, they came anyway. And things just seemed to get worse. Their hope was lost. But nothing is lost in the eyes of God. Hope looks like a prophet. Speaking against the powerful, speaking in the wilderness. A kind of weird dude. Strange words, sometimes uncomfortable truths. One speaking promises of the light of the world, of, of a new thing. And God sends us prophets still in our time. Ones who speak up for the land, for people of faith, and call us to be who we were created to be. The prophets still speak God's word of judgment and call us to turn from idols of racism, of power and privilege. They stand up for equality, for families, and for economic justice. Some of the prophets in my life are other pastors. Some are teachers. Some are members of this church. Some live outdoors and speak truth to me. They're ones who still have hope that we can be who we were created to be. And a prophet often speaks up knowing they will be unpopular. They will not be heard. They might be injured, arrested, reviled, or worse. So a few weeks ago, I followed online as hundreds of people in this city spoke out against a proposed city statute. And the statute said that anyone who was sleeping or camping outdoors on a city sidewalk could be arrested if they chose not to go to a, a local homeless shelter when beds were available. Many of the people that came out to speak cited the reality that the local shelters we have are inadequate for families with children for women who have been abused, for people with pets or belongings that could be stolen. And the reality is there just aren't enough beds. So with a prophetic voice, I watched that these people stood up in front of the mayor and the city council, and they spoke out against criminalizing homelessness and about the lack of political will to build affordable and transitional housing in our city. And they spoke out against city leaders who understandably just wanted to do something but maybe hadn't considered the language of the proposed bill or the real-life outcomes cited by social service workers who've been working on these issues for years, have been trying to tackle this problem, and have assisted people experiencing homelessness for many, many years. Well, maybe you know the measure passed 5 to 2, and signage, having been prepared in advance, went up the next day. And the rule officially goes into effect in February. For those who have no homes in our city, as the months get cold, things look bleak. Where where their hope come from? We still hope for good things to come. We still hope for something new, a way to find these good things. For many who have had to struggle, who have lost everything who have faced down illness or addiction, abuse, and more. Hope is all they have. And their hope is in the next open door, the next food pantry, the health clinic, the charitable stranger. For some, their hope is God who promises to provide 
and often does through the hands and feet of people in our community. God sends prophets to speak a word of judgment, to show us where we've fallen short, and to speak words of hope and promises of good things to come. Jeremiah wrote all these things. He spoke from a prison cell, words of comfort and new beginnings. He was locked up for speaking out against the rulers of his day. The people of Judah couldn't see a future, didn't know how they would worship their God, didn't know what would come next, but needed to know that God was near. Through this prophet, God promises that a branch, like a shoot, would grow up from what was just a cut-down tree, a stump of Jesse, that David's family would rule for the throne, from the throne forever. And when the people were at their lowest point, when they had nothing else to hope for, could they hear the promise that God would still come through? When we look around and see injustice, inequality, the land itself ruined, and families torn apart, violence, hate crimes, and more, will we again be able to hear the promise of a Savior? Will we have hope in this Advent season? Israel's hope and ours is in the promise itself, God's good word. The promise is for future restoration, for redemption and healing for God's people. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise. God's going to do it. God speaks through the prophet, giving comfort, but also declaring the power to bring about real righteousness, real justice. For the earth and all of creation. And that's what I want. I want to be a part of that future. I want to be a part of that hope of the world. I want to go from this place and tell people there are still good things to come. And I'm holding on to that hope in this season. And I'm no prophet. I'm certainly no savior. I'm just trying to tell God's story. So... If you're like that, if you feel that with me, if you want to be one that points to signs of hope in the world, maybe we will be those neighbors who want to create a better system for those who lose their homes or part of organizations fighting for better working conditions for immigrants and day laborers and their families. We will be a church working together to serve the poor and hungry among us. Be places and people who welcome those who are marginalized. There are signs of hope everywhere. We get to be signs of hope too. God is bringing restoration for the world. God is making us new every day. In Jesus, God has given us eternal and lasting hope. Jeremiah says, in those days, which days are those? We want to know. Judah will be saved, all God's people, and the city of Jerusalem will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Then the prophet says, then in those days there will be justice in the land, in the earth itself perhaps. And the people will be who they were created to be. <coughs> Excuse me. Caring for the least among them, devoted in worship and serving one another. That's the church. At its best. The days are surely coming. So today we hang greens. We hang the holly and the ivy. An advent wreath. Candles. A tree. The star. 
the manger. They are signs of hope. These ordinary things, they speak to us of the promise, of the power and provision of God, and they point to the infinite, the divine love of God in Christ Jesus for the whole world. They point to the promise of a Savior. And in this time of preparation, remind us that we're not just out there on a limb by ourselves, but celebrating this season and anticipating those good things to come. That our hope is not limited to what we can see. Our hope is in the Lord. And our hope is always coming to us in Jesus, our true ruler and heavenly king. And we can have confidence and hope that this good word, the living word, is ours. And is true righteousness, true justice, true peace. Amen.